is your name and or your alias? That was us starting. Sorry, I didn't realize. Can we... <laughs> no, we're not doing it again. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, my name is Kentia and I go by Kentia. Um, I'm in a band called Stella Soul. And yeah, that's me. Love it. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with the name Stella Soul, by the way? We always had the word soul in it. It just took us a while to get to the part before it. We were like throwing ideas. And then I think one day I think I said Stella. And then I had a friend that I think spoke Latin, I believe. And they were like, you know, that means star. And I was like, perfect. Stella soul it is. Because I was born a star. So (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, Where do you currently reside? What's your uh, what's your current hometown i know the answer but just for just for our listeners here i live in vancouver british columbia so cool so do i um you ready for the lightning round let's go i'm ready always love it what's the best song of all time man in the mirror michael jackson Mm. first one that came to my head why Oh God, I don't know. I just, I love the whole thing from the start to the beginning. I love the meaning behind the song. I love singing the song and I love Michael Jackson. Are you a lyrics first, melody first or rhythm first person? I, you know, it takes me a while to understand lyrics. Like I'm always like listening for the song at first. And then once I like take in the lyrics later, I'm always like, oh my God. But especially in hip hop, like Lil Wayne does a ton of metaphors and Five years of listening to Amelia, I'll still like pick up a metaphor I've never heard and be like, whoa, he said that? So I think I bob my head first. I'm always like jamming to the track before the lyrics. That's so awesome. Uh, who has the best voice of all time? Let's go with Whitney Houston. Mm. My favorite vocal performance is Whitney Houston Star Spangled Banner in the 90s. Oh, the best. That's the best. The best. The best. Um, who is your favorite musical group or band? Of all time. <laughs> Just of all me. time. Or one of uh, them doesn't have to be the most. Destiny Stroud? Mm, why? I don't know. Being a young black girl, Destiny's Child was like the best. It was just like, oh my god, there's three girls that look like me and they're young. Like, I don't know. It's just Destiny Child's the best. Do you remember the first Destiny's Child track that you loved? It was like the Survivor album I loved. I loved the slow track. I can still remember track number 10, Emotions. But that whole album was fire. I'm trying to think of like the first one, but that album was like one of my favorite albums. Cool. Who would be your dream collaboration? Alicia Keys, probably. Mm. I would like to pretend it would be Beyonce, but I guess in collab, I should say like, yes, I would love to songwrite for Beyonce or Alicia Keys. Cool. It would be as a, you as a songwriter and they would perform yeah. your your yeah. creation or your co-creation. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the stage with them. I'd be like, this is yours. <laughs> um, laptop or recording studio? Recording studio. Why? I love the studio. I mean, the producer can be using a laptop, but for me personally, I'm not. Yeah, I love the studio. I think as a vocalist, it's like, it's just nice to be in that environment. It puts me Mm. in a better place. Is vibe really important to you when you're creating? Yeah, like dim the lights, bring some like little lights in there if you want or a lamp. And 
I just love the studio way more than a home. I always think I'm being too loud for a house because my parents always said I was too loud. So <laughs> in a studio, I can be as loud as I want. So I love the studio. It's great. What is your favorite audio effect, like delay, reverb, compression, EQ? Probably reverb for me. Like the second it happens, I'm like, oh, so much better. I sound so much better. Um, I mean, I sound decent without it, but reverb for me. That's great. What's your favorite plugin? Do you have a favorite plugin of all time? No. Don't care? I blocked out everything I learned in school. I'm just like, <laughs> you figure it out for me at this point. That's I can so talk cool. the talk of being like, put auto-tune on my vocals and put reverb, but right. I'm not going to be like, put this is, is this exact reverb on there. I don't have yeah. that yet, but I feel like maybe I should. Hmm. Now you Does got me. I probably should. Does it interest you? You're, oh you're more interested in creating though, right? You don't... I trust, I trust a lot of the people I work with though, right? right. Like that's the other thing. Like I, I can't pretend I'm going to know a better reverb than they will. Right. Maybe like down the road, if there was like always the same one my engineer was using, I'd be like, oh, I should probably remember that by now. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. No, that that's a big part of it. If, if you're collaborating with people and they're good at a certain thing, let them do that. And exactly. then you focus on another aspect of it. I was going to pretend to be like the fab filter, but I was like, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> that's like a, that's a company that has a whole bunch of plugins, but it's still a great answer. Exactly. Great answer. Great company. Shout out fab filter. Yeah, shout out. Uh, pro Q pro L as well. Both great. Um, last question in the uh, lightning round, which song sounds great? Wait, which song or songs? Which song sounds great? Um, oh my God, what? Let me say it again. Which song sounds great? Literally sounds the exact same, what you said. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking for a one song. Correct. What's a great sounding song? Um, Freedom, Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar. Love it. Why? Oh my God. It's so good. It's this type of song. I will scream, sing in the car. It just grows. It builds, it builds, it builds. And then just Beyonce is a crazy vocalist, but then also when Kendrick Lamar comes in, it's so good. It just, the mix sounds good. The song sounds good. You get goosebumps. If you really like, like that style of music and stuff and just the drums get bigger. And I just like love type, that type of stuff or anything Great with answer. a good gospel choir too. Anything with a good, what gospel, gospel choir. choir. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's great. Draw my pen. Um, I'm gonna need that. So let's just pretend this isn't happening. Um, that was the lightning round. What did you think of the lightning round? The lightning round is like my favorite type of round. That's I'm so sad great. it's at the beginning. Well, it, it means you're gonna make me now get deep. It just gets you you, you fired up, right? It gets you amped. It reminds up. me of um, Family so, like, Feud, the fast track part. At the very yeah, end. What was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at the end though, right? I put it at the I beginning. I always think just... I'd win all the money for that. I'm like, I got it. Yeah. That was a good show. Or is a good show. Is it still on? Still on. Is it? Um, so let's go back in time. Where are you from? You live in Vancouver now. Where are you from? Mm -hmm. uh, I was born and raised in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan my whole life. But my parents are from Eritrea, which is in the east coast of Africa. So that's my background. So I always follow those traditions no matter what. But born and raised Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Very close to 
Ethiopia. Is that what's the biggest influence and the biggest country next to Eritrea? Yeah, yeah, we're right beside it. And we're right by the Red Sea. Yeah, we used to be like part of Ethiopia until 91. And then we became our own independent country. Shout out Eritrea. Shouts out. Shouts out. And the Eritrean community are very, I mean, they're a very big part of your life, but it's a very close-knit community, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Especially in Saskatoon. Like, yeah, like I knew every single person. Now when I go there, there's so many new families and I don't know them. I feel like when they see me, they're like, who is she? And I'm like, who, well, who are you? You're in my city. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good community there. Like any wedding, we're all at the same wedding and stuff like that. So That's so cool. Love them. Well, maybe that uh, will be a part of this answer for this next question. Tell us about one of your early musical experiences when you were a kid. Like, It's not Eritrean music. It's the Motown era. My dad loved all of that, like Stevie Wonder, Otis Redding, like Al Green, Jackson 5, like all those guys. Like that's kind of what I grew up on. I can always sing like Aretha Franklin songs or Etta James songs. And people are like, why do you know this? And I'm like, look, my dad's taste in music was not bad. I'm surprised he's shocked I'm in the music industry because like every time in his car, I'd like throw those CDs in. I used to like burn CDs, but if I was in his car, I'd throw in his CDs. Um, so I just like always listen to like that music and I still do to this day. Like I was listening to Stevie Wonder right before this. So it's the best. That's great. I agree. I love it. I, I missed it when I was growing up, but I got into it after I got into production and, uh, it keeps coming back. Motown's a big influence on a lot of people. It's it's so great. No, it's like seriously some of the best. It is some of the best music. Honestly, it's. And you know what I love about the music? There's like little mistakes in them sometimes, but like I it's can barely part. hear it. But when I did hear it, you're like, oh, why is this my favorite part now? Like, you know, we're such perfectionists now because we can be in the music industry. But sometimes it's like, man, I wish I was part of that era instead because I would love to rock my fro, be, be in disco land, go to the clubs. And that's how it was. And the stage would be a live band performing that type of music. Now, you know, it's like, I, I love that. Yeah. You're right. I love the mistakes is my favorite part of Motown. Yeah. And and even the the engineering mistakes, like the vocal clipping and the the mixes. Or you are hear all a little wrong. metronome in the back and you're like, Well, <laughs> you're part of the song now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's what that's part of what makes music great and exciting for me is is rawness and, mm-hmm. and uh vibe and feel. Um Do you remember the first time you heard your voice recorded and then played back to you? Yeah. Or or one of the first times? Professionally? Like in a studio? No, I'm thinking more of like when you were a kid or it might be professionally when you're in a studio. Do you remember like playing around with a tape recorder or anything? Oh, I remember like kind of. Yeah, I think the thing for me is like I started like my true musical like journey at age 25. So like first time like being in a studio and like like you know being a vocalist for people it mm-hmm. like threw me off because you sound so weird the first time mm-hmm. but like being younger yes I could like phones weren't really around yet but I remember when you could record on a phone and I was like able to I was like oh that kind of sounds weird like you just always think you sound better without it yep um and then you like feel weird even especially in the studio like I said like that first time you know in school I was like listening to myself I was like I swear I'm better than this like yeah. And then you start to get more comfortable and stuff like that. But I kind of, 
like I didn't listen to myself like that until like a while. I just used to sing out loud and everyone used to tell me like, you're so good. And I was like, am I okay? Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you play any instruments? No, I did. Like when I was younger, I played saxophone for six years, but that got cool. stolen in high school. So that stopped that. But yeah. No way. Yeah. From where? The school. From, like somebody like school? came in and like took it. But yeah. Imagine telling your foreign parents that one. Yeah, that was a scary one. What was it? Alto? Tenor? Yeah, an alto. Alto. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy because I always wanted to play sax. And I remember in grade six, they were like, okay, we have too many saxophone players. You're going to have to play the clarinet now, Kenti. And I was like, no, I actually don't want to, though. Like, I was like, I don't want to play the clarinet now. And they were like, oh, lucky for you. Somebody dropped out. You could play sax. And I was like, yeah, it was, it was sax or nothing. Right. But it's like the fact that I couldn't choose to was like the shitty part. I can mm. cuss, right? You set the bar now. That's fine. I, I let the I let each audience, each guest determine that. Okay. And And you have now determined that, which is totally fine. Most people do. Okay, I was like, I didn't have to. I think I have two clean episodes right now. Raster. Um, doesn't matter to me. That's the um, crappy part. That's the what? <laughs> they said that's the crappy part. <laughs> that's the crappy part. Yeah, don't backpedal. Um, commit. Um, I wanted to play tenor sax, but it was too heavy to walk back and forth to school with, so I switched to alto. Oh my gosh! I remember they like make you hold it to make sure you can actually hold it, and I'm like. Aren't you supposed to teach me how to? <laughs> totally. You're going to give me one try right now? Like, come on. So six years is a long time. And I know it's during a part of our lives when we're not really focused on learning music theory and, at that age. But did any of that, did you keep any of that? Does any of that still inform your decisions or your songwriting today? Yeah. Not like my songwriting, but like I can play piano like one handed, like I can read easy sheet music, like give me the Christmas book and I can do a one hand and get, cool. give you the melody, but I can't do both, but I can yeah. read the sheet music easily. Like I'm like, da -da, right. like, you know, like, right. That's cool. Because like, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I know how to read it. So like music theory, that the, the first step of music theory is easy for me. Right. But. So, so this is something I've, so I've, you know, I've, I've shot a few episodes of this now and, and definitely some things uh, keep recurring. And one of the things that keeps coming up is knowing music theory versus not knowing music theory, because both of them have their advantages. And just like you said, you, you know, you're, you're probably right in the middle somewhere where you can hammer out a melody on a piano. But if you had a, if somebody was like, all right, explain me this piano and play a Beethoven song on it, you'd be like, get away from me. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on music theory? Do mm -hmm. you, do you, do you value it as one of your tools? Do you wish you knew more? Are you going to learn more or are you happy with the, the limited amount you know now? So like I'm in a band and I'm the vocalist and then there's James who's like insane on what he knows with music theory. And sometimes I think it's not a good thing to know that much. Like it's almost like too intense in how you think about music. Right. Yep. So like I'm happy again with people who are good at what they do. They do what they can do. Right. Like if I'm coming in as your vocalist, I'm not looking to come in and be like, can we make the song in G? But like, right. there are a couple keys that I know I like cause I've written a few songs that way. So I could be like, right. can we maybe try like E flat or like a G or something? And you know, like the person who's professional at what they do can do what I don't do. I think like once I start to pick up piano more and like want to learn it more, 
I'm going to gain some more stuff, but like, I am happy with what I know and I'm good at what I do. And I just hope that who I'm working with is good at what they do because like, you can just play me anything and I could probably figure out how to sing to it. Right. But yeah, I'm not gonna be able to play the piano. I can't play the piano. I cannot play the guitar, even though there's a guitar right there. I just don't play it. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. So when, when you perform and when you sing and when you, you tune your voice to the instruments that are playing, you do that all naturally, all by feel. Yeah. All right? by like, it feels like memory because I can like stack my harmonies without help. Sometimes I will need the help because I'm like, oh, I can't think of it. But my brain like already knows what the harmony is when I sing something. So if I, yeah, I was like, I'm going to do it, but I can't right now. But you know, like I can sing something and then I can like do ooze and stack those ooze if I need to. Do you visualize it in your mind? Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like there's just something that like goes, this is your next one. And it's like, thanks. Automatically, right? I think because I've been singing so long and I have always listened to gospel music and Motown has a lot of choirs. So sometimes, you know, when you're like driving and, you know, or listening to music, I always sing the background stuff. Like, especially with gospel music, there's always this lead singer and I'm I'm always singing what the choir sings. And I was in choir from like, young age till grade 12 Mm. and I did church choir, not, not black church choir. I just did church choir, but like, you know, you gain so much just from like learning about notes and stuff like that within choir. And then Mm. I feel like that's how I got good at like harmonizing what I have to harmonize. Cause I'm always like, Oh, I'm going to sing the high part. Cause I love the high part in this song, but other parts I'm singing the alto part. That's great. That's, that's gotta be a huge influence on you is the choir. Yeah, like I think honestly listening to gospel music was probably like why I can do it. I bet. Yeah. It probably like it was probably like working out, like learning that stuff that way. Yeah, or you know how we were talking about lyrics and I'm like, oh, I, after five years I pick up a line. I kind of did that with like the harmonies in choir in like these gospel songs. I would sing it normally, but then I would start to hear the other singers and then I'd start singing like that for the next month. I start singing like the third. Mm. And then, you know, the next time I hear the highs and I'm like Three months later, I'm singing the soprano lines now. I'm singing like, you know, the fifths. And then I started figuring out just like, I can hear it. I just started being able to hear it like that. That's so cool. That's weird. It is weird. When you start thinking about it, it gets weird. Yeah. But if you don't think about it, it's, it's totally But normal. if you made me do it on the spot right now, I know I'd mess up. You know one of those? Sometimes like I go in the yeah. studio, I'm like, I got it. And then I'm like, whoa, I didn't. Whoa. Play it for me on piano. I do not got this. Right. Yeah. 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 You get inside your head. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of things are like that. Um, do you remember the first album that changed your life? Like I could say thriller, probably Michael Jackson. Mm. Um, Michael what, Jackson what? was just like a big part of my life. It feels like I just like, I don't know. Like, if my dad's watching it, then, like, that's a big part to me. It's like when Obama was a president, my dad always watched it. I felt like Obama was my uncle at a point. But that's what I felt like with Michael Jackson. It's like, I feel like I just, like, listened to him so much and just, like, and there were so many different parts to him. There was young Michael, right? Like, so once I started listening to, like, Jackson 5 and hearing his voice and things like that, but I feel like Thriller was probably, like, the album for me. It's not the first album I bought because it was probably before, like, you know, before my time, but it's just Thriller was a big time for me. Do you remember the first album you bought with your own money or maybe it was your parents' money, but you went and bought it? Yeah, it was Britney Spears. The first one? 
the Hit Me Baby album. The one where she's wearing a red t-shirt in the front. That was my first album. Did you love it? Every day. Listen to the whole thing in the living room because that's where I could listen to CDs. My dad's like, turn this off. And I'm like, it's so good. <laughs> that's so awesome. Um, which What was your favorite song on it? Was it Hit Me Baby One More Time or was there some 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 hidden track that we're there was like some hit i can't remember if like lucky i think lucky was on that one too but yeah there was some like but they were still there was like a lot of big songs off that album it's just like hit me baby was not my like number one because it's like the one that plays on the radio right like Mm. once you play a song on the radio for me it's just annoying to me at a point but i feel like lucky was a really good one and then now i'm thinking of other songs by her and i think it's not on that album but there was like, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman was also a good one. What did you think of her as a performer, like a dancer? Was that part of it or was it the songs that you loved the most? She was young and relatable, right? So it's like, I think she was a really good artist. I think she had it all. I just think like, obviously there's a lot of stuff that's happening with her now that it's like it's scary to think. Like, you know, you're like, that was, that was somebody we all listened to. Like right. as young girls, that was... That was our homegirl. Like, that was the one. Like, so she was, she was, she killed it. But I, I don't know what she went through. I don't know what these young celebrities have to go through. Like, I'm sure all the shit that Justin Bieber has to go through. Like, you know, people can judge these people. But I'm like, you have no idea. Like, yeah. their mental health is, like, low. Like, the things we go through is not even comparable. You don't even get to be a person anymore, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, you can't... I always say this. I never not want to be able to go to 7-Eleven and be myself. Like, I don't think Justin Bieber or Britney Spears could ever walk into 7-Eleven now and not have a camera on their face. Right. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, she was she was an amazing artist. I, I just, like, I start to think about her now and I start to feel bad. Yeah. I think that's true for all people that are in the public eye like that. I, I definitely wouldn't want that. Yeah, it's like, it's scary, it's dangerous, and nobody's, like, protecting them, you know, like, there's not a book for fame. (laughs) Definitely not, yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite instrument, like, your favorite sounding instrument or something? Probably a saxophone. Oh, cool. Is that what you mean by instrument? Because obviously, sorry, I should say drum, because I'm not thinking about drums as well, but, like, a drum and saxophone, probably. Okay, that's great. Do you... Do you have sax in Stella Soul? Yeah. A lot? Hey, I heard your new track yesterday. That's awesome. Did it make you, you cry? It's such a love song. You, it's so great. It's so smooth. It's like your vocals were great too. Thanks. Great production. You could really hear your, the the energy in your voice. It was really captured really well. Yeah, it was one. I've had this song for a year. That's the other thing. You have songs for over a year. Like I've mm. had this song for like almost two years thinking we would release it earlier but we just like release singles every month and that was like one of the ones where i was like let's just wait that's interesting so sometimes i love it when the vocal is very early it's very raw i like the demo because it's going from the artist's memory right to the microphone but i also like it when you have a year to work it out and figure out the bugs and perform it live and change stuff and exercise and exercise and exercise and exercise and then execute so that was one that was like the second part where you 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 knew it it was it was 
Wow. The thing is, it's been done, honestly, since the beginning of the year. It's just like we've been releasing singles. Mm. And this was like a slow jam. And I was like, oh, we should have done it, obviously, in February. But then at the same time, it was just like one of those things where I'm like, I'm just, I just want to release at this point. Like, let's just release a ton. And then we had some more upbeat ones. So we just did them prior. And then we still have like a handful of ones that we're just going to release. And then like we already have another project for 2022. And for that one, we just want to like properly market it and do it well, because I don't know, just with COVID, it was just like, like people are like, what can we do? What's, what's there to do? And it's like one of those things for me where I was like, I'm just going to release music. People can hear us and we'll have a ton of songs out. And then we still have more projects, but because we've had so much time, we've been able to make so much music because we're not playing. We're not like wasting time, like going around places and not wasting time. We just can't go because of COVID. Um, and, you know, things are opening up a little right now. I know some people are going on tours and stuff, but I just like don't trust what's going to happen. And I just don't want to, like, put in all this energy and money to, like, start something and then stop. Because if I want to do a tour, I want to go all the way to Sask and then back. Sask and back. Sask and back. Love it. Um, yeah, I agree. You got you, you. We have no idea what's going to happen next. So I think putting your eggs in the touring basket is risky. I mean, it's risky when things are great. Even yeah, exactly. Life is risky. Life is risky. Can you tell us about the moment when you decided, whenever it was, however old you were, when you decided you actually wanted to do music as a career? Can you tell us about that feeling and that moment? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I guess it's hard to say because you don't know what careers in music are. So, you know, that's one of the biggest things, you know, I'm working on now, like for other people, but I thought my career is singing or being a producer. Like that's, there's no other career in music, right? (laughs) There's the stage and only the stage is how I looked at it. I think I always knew I wanted to be on the stage, like since age five, like, what is your dream of singer? Like always singer, like, you know, I never wrote the teacher, the doctor. Okay. I wrote teacher once, but I never wrote like anything else. Um, But growing up with, you know, family that comes from like war and things like that there is only being an engineer a nurse or a doctor like that's like your only that's the only thing you can be so I was like okay I'm gonna pretend to be a lawyer so after school after high school I went to university for like two and a half years um and I was like just taking classes to like get a degree so you can go sign up for being going into law but then I just like started to realize more and more like I hated university I was like ew I hate this class like nothing's hands-on like my my class is 200 people in the psychology class. Like I can't ask, I can't ask a question. And then later, like probably like age 22 or something, like I, I go to so many shows and I remember watching this video of J. Cole, like making a beat in his tour bus and then like calling over his friend and his friend starts playing these keys. And I was like, that's what I want. Like, I literally want to do that. And then I remember seeing a Pharrell video, Pharrell in a studio. And I was like, okay start like Googling, like where's schools. And now this was probably like age 24, 23 or whatever. Um, yeah, 23 probably. And I started like Googling like where's schools and stuff. And I just like knew I didn't want to be in Saskatoon. It's just not the place for me to like, feel like I can grow one as an artist, but like one as a black artist, to be honest, the most, like there was no, there is like a little bit of a hip hop community, but it wasn't just like for me, like I'm not looking for just hip hop. I'm, there's no R&B. There was nothing like that for me. So once I finally like figured out where there's some schools around Canada, I was like, okay, oh my God, there's production schools. Like I can learn how to produce. I can learn how to be in studios. 
at first I wanted to go to Toronto just because that's where a huge community is. But I started to think like that's almost too much competition for me. And you know me, like I'm a go-getter, like I'll volunteer and do a ton of stuff. But I just didn't know if I could do it there. Like I was like, and I have so much family there. So it's a bit distracting. So I came and visited Vancouver and I was like, wow, this place is nice. Like what the hell is this? But then I, I found like a school online and then I signed up for that. And then at like, yeah, age 24, I decided to go to like a college for it, for audio engineering and music production. So cool. Um, it's weird, right? Like we know there's places you can go to be a lawyer or a doctor, but we're not really told about music production, like being that age and not knowing that you could go to school for music production. Like, why don't we know this? Why is this not something, you know, that, that people just know inherently, why isn't the word out like that? Because I I know, and you know, from, from so many firsthand experiences, how much this can change people's lives for the better, like how important oh, this is course. to people. But like, there's not a lot of careers as a producer. Right. Not everyone's going to make it as a producer. There's just, that's just a not. fact. You know, like not everyone has the same hustle and the grind as other people that do, yeah. you know, and um, that's the thing. So I'm talking about careers, but there's so many more careers than just being an artist and a, and right. a producer, right? Like um, yeah. I'm part of something called Advanced and it's like black professionals across Canada and, you know, I'm meeting so many of these people who are in, like, these huge chairs. Like, they work for Sony Music, Warner Music, and Universal, and all this stuff, right? But there's people that are accountants in music. There's lawyers in entertainment and music. You know, there's, of course, the backstage people and the live sound techs and so many more things. There's A&R reps. There's managers. There's there's more jobs. If you can't sing, that doesn't mean you can't be in the industry, right? Like, And that's the thing that I want more people to be aware of now is, like, you don't have to just be in this industry just to be a singer and a producer or the rapper. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can, you can have a career in this for sure. Sorry. I'm just writing down a potential time for a good quote. Um, lots of quotable stuff. Um, I agree. Um, okay. Sorry. I just, I I dropped my pen again. Um, that pen is going to get the best of you. (laughs) okay how has your musical taste changed over the years and what has remained the same how has it changed and or how's it remained the same oh and or okay yeah i well so like with my band obviously i sing but it's like my band's like there's a drummer there's a guitar player there's a bass there's saxophone there's like trumpets on things now there's We've even had clarinet on some stuff, you know, there's keys and organs. And I'm like, man, I'm doing everything that I wanted to do with the music that I listened to. Like, you know, if you watched old Stevie Wonder on the stage, there's a full band supporting him. All that Motown stuff. There's always that type of like instruments you hear in things. Um, And when I first started singing here, I was really lucky because we did Motown music. So they wanted to like make us the headliners and you know, we had line a few shows and things like that because I was playing that stuff. So I was always so pumped that right when I got here, the type of songs I was singing were the songs I grew up on. Um, I don't really know what's different because I also listen to a lot of hip hop and, you know, a lot of those people, you know, they're using a laptop or drum machines and stuff like that. So I don't know if I'm doing anything new within music, like the new stuff that is happening within music. It's not always my favorite, to be honest, like, Mm. 
I can understand and like vibe to it, but it's not, I, I won't make it. I don't make that type of music. Right. And I won't even like talk about specific genres and stuff like that, but I feel like I'm kind of doing what I always grew up wanting to do and like listening to in a way. It's just not the same era. What's the last new artist you heard that kind of blew your mind? Like new within the five years, can I say? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with like Masego probably. Um, Masego is like trap soul. But like on the stage, you could have like trap drums happening, but he's playing a saxophone and he could play like every single instrument. And there's keys and there's bass and there's a real drummer, but there's also a drum machine and there's like background singers and stuff like that. But he was like one of those artists I listened to and I was like, whoa, I love this. This is what I want to do. It's like, it's like a mix of old and new, you know? Mm, that's um, great. So yeah, he was like probably like one of like those people that I was like, damn, this is good. And then I've always loved Anderson Pack, but like I love Anderson Pack. Like I, I I enjoy what he does for music. Why? He's so cool. Like just I love his style of like how he's like sings or raps, whatever it is, but can hop on the drum kit and just kill that. And he just is like so different. His like style is like dope, but I just feel like he just like stays himself and he doesn't care, and that's how he does it. Cool. Yeah. Um, I know you're a fan of uh, what Boslin's doing. A lot of people are talking about Boslin right now and saying he's going to blow up. Shout out Boslin. Shout out Two Track. Um, what is it about Boslin that you think is so awesome? His team. <laughs> he has a fire team. Like there is hustlers in this industry, and those people are hustlers. Like they all want to see him succeed and they're all good at different things. And I think they mm. stay in that lane and they just like lift him up. Like he's the artist, but then you have your branding, you have your video, you have Natasha, like, you know, he has a great manager, like Buck and stuff like that. And there's a couple other people on his team that I haven't met yet, but I just know he has a really good team here. And I'm, I believe he has a really good team in LA. Um, and you know, and that's, I think that's what it takes is you can't do it by yourself especially if you need to get big, like you have to have support and you, you can't do everything. Like, you know, you probably know it too. Like I wish I had more people that would hustle for me and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I think it takes a really good team. And I think that's why he's really lucky and he's good at what he does. And I think it just shows. So yeah. That's so great. Okay. That's such a, it's such a great answer. And it's, it's very consistent with a lot of stuff you've been talking about today. You know, finding a, a framework, a system of people that work together to create this stuff. And there are so many jobs in the, it's not just the singer. It's not just the songwriter. It's not just the drummer. It's not just mm -hmm. the manager. It's all these people working together as a system. That's I think great. Vancouver is like the hardest place to kind of find a, a team because like, you know, imagine a team like his, like they're already busy. <laughs> they don't got time for so many other people. Like, especially if the product ain't there, like, what are you wasting your time for? Right. But like, you know, I always get asked like, Hey, Kentia, do you know any managers? And I'm like, no. And people are like, you should be a manager. And I'm like, I'm not even ready to do that for myself. Like not for myself, but like, I, I already have to hustle for myself in so many different ways. I have to pay my own bills. Like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to try and help so much in the community, but like, it's so hard to be a manager because you need somebody who's like, you know, passionate and somebody who wants to work for you. And at the beginning, they might not be asking you for money because they know down the road they can make you money that's going to get them paid, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like there's not a lot of people who have time to do that or even have the connections for it. 
or anything, right? So, right. I think you would make a great manager, but you're right. Yeah, no, so, I know. Just me, I was like, no, no, I know. But I would want to dedicate <laughs> at least 20 hours a week to somebody, right? Like, right. I would need to be able to like sit there and just like start calling and like figuring out more stuff for that particular artist, right? Because if I'm working with a DJ producer, that's different than me working with a rapper. You know, if I'm working with a singer songwriter, I'm going for a different avenue for that person. I'm like, okay, I can book you shows at these venues. Where with you, I can only book you over here. And with you, I need to get you clients that pay you as a producer. So like, it's just, so I already know I would be good, but let's just wait a while. <laughs> I'm going to have to have my own business in the future, I already told myself. How important is live performance to you? Oh my God. It's so much better than like this digital world. I've been lucky that because I work with Music BC and um, like hopefully I'll talk about that for like a moment. But yeah, with Music BC, like we run these events and this year we were able to finally have like one show in person. But we had a Black History Month show. We had Indigenous. No, we, we did have an Indigenous showcase, but we also had an International Women's Day showcase. And those were all like online. So like we were the only ones in the room. But the Pride show we had that was fire. Like that was like at a venue, it was sold out. Like everyone's screaming. Like I had goosebumps just by being around people. Like I felt weird, but it was still one of those, like being in the room and the energy of a room when you're performing is so much better than you performing to nobody. You know, like yeah. you can even feel it in the band. Like imagine you're performing to no crowd and you're like, you're down with ODB and nobody says anything. You're like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just like one of, yeah, it's just like, it's so nice when they like made us cheer something and like there was actually an audience for that, right? It's right. so much better. Crowd interaction. Yeah. After, after 18 months of nothing. Um, weird. such a weird world. Um, uh, what's the best live performance you've ever seen? Like live in person? Yeah, probably. I'm going to probably have to go with Beyonce. I'm pretty sure. But I'm like, I've been to so many shows. So I'm like, okay, yeah, Beyonce was really good for me. But a couple of years ago, Anderson Pack was at the PE. And I was like hiding in the stands because I was just holding two drinks. I was like, I'm going to go up here. <laughs> but he went through the whole crowd. Like he did this thing where at one point he just was in the crowd. And he like, I could tell like, that would have made me lose my mind if I was down there. Like I would have just thrown my drinks and ran, but like, yeah, I talked to so many people about it and I just like, was like, see, that was dope. Like, I like that. He's not afraid of the crowd and stuff like that. Mm. But Beyonce just does like crazy stuff at her shows. She sings, she's dancing. I'm like, how do you even breathe? Like, I just, I don't know how you're still breathing and singing some crazy notes, but yeah, she just like, I don't know. She makes me feel powerful. So every time I've watched her, I'm always like, girl, Kudos to you. When you write songs, do you think about how it's going to go over live or not? Sometimes, yeah. There's if I especially if I write like the upbeat songs, like ones that I know is like a dancey track, I always try to think like sometimes, you know, if I'm writing this hook and it's like catchy, I get excited thinking about like, oh my god, I can make the crowd sing this part with right. me. Like there's two songs I've done where I was like super thinking like I was always like, "Hey, the crowd, the crowd." Yeah, so yeah, That's definitely crazy. for some. And sometimes when you listen to like a Pharrell track, he's like, I, I love Pharrell, you know, like, or like Senorita with Justin Timberlake. 
you know, at the end when he's like, ladies, yeah. Like, you know, that part. I always think of that type of stuff when I'm writing. It was clearly written for the live show, right? 100%. I, I hear that a lot in, in Michael Jackson stuff too, like in Thriller. Like you're like, oh, this was like designed to be like just yeah. killer live with all or the like questions. Or like Pretty and thing, repeat Yeah, like, oh, for sure. So great. Um. I had a question for you. What is music production? <sighs> music production. Just me. Hmm. It really depends on what. But music production is like the backbone to the track. Like I don't even know how to say it, but like Oh, you know me, I'm like a music producer. There's so many of them, right? So it's like, there's your beat maker or it's like the band who produces this track. I always tell people, I'm like, I'm a producer. And they're like, oh, really? You make beats? I'm like, no, 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 I don't make beats. I'm in the room with you and I'm making sure everything is happening. So if I don't like the bridge, I could be like, let's try to change this a little bit. Or like, I can make the vocals sound better and things like that. But you said, what is music production? So you didn't say what's a producer, so... Yeah, I'm going to go with the backbone of the track. It's like, it's... Love it. Yeah, let's stop there before I, I overthink. I love everything you said. And and you also implied that it's some that it's the overseeing of the creation of the song, too. It's yeah. Connecting it's it. It's the Rick Rubin. I love it. Shout out Rick Rubin. Uh, shout out Beyonce, by the way. Mentioned a number of times and didn't get a shout out yet. Um... My next question comes from a mutual friend of ours, Tamara Edelman. She said, when you start your podcast, I want you to ask your guests this question. I and love it her. Is the, it is this. Shout out, Tam. What has been your biggest career high and your biggest career challenge so far? Hmm. I think I'm in my high right now, to be honest. Um, because I'm like, yes, I know. I've been killing it. I know that. But like, I think now I have so many more resources and I used to meet, I worked at a school, as you know, I used to meet like emerging artists and that was really it. I just met a lot of younger people that wanted to be in the industry and some older people, but I met emerging artists that could be singers, songwriters, rappers, producers, anything. Right. Now I'm finally meeting industry professionals. And now I see myself like being kind of at that level too. Right. Like, I've been in the industry for five years, but it still feels like I'm kind of a rookie because of the people I'm meeting. There's so much more above me, but they've been in the industry for 10 plus years, 15 years, 20 years. Right. But I'm finally at that stage where I'm meeting all these people. So if I need to go to Toronto, I know so many more people. I could go to Montreal now. Like I, f I feel very comfortable within what I could do with Canada. And I feel very good with what I could do for a lot of different communities, especially in Vancouver, like, BIPOC communities and different communities, right? But I just feel like there's a lot more I can offer now. And with the company I work with, you know, we have resources and stuff and it's very important for us. So like, finally, I'm at a stage where I'm helping now everybody and anybody. Like, you don't need to come to school and waste money for things. Like, I can connect you with a lot of different things for people, you know, like, I just have all these resources. Um, one of my lows is probably getting fired last year and not thinking I could have a career, like not knowing what careers there were for me. And like, you know, I was one of those people that were like, is there jobs in this industry? Like what jobs are there and what would I be good at? But like, 
I have a crazy resume. Like, you know, you don't have to think just because you did admissions. Like, you you know, it's like, no, 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 I ran events and I, I brought in this much money a year and I could do X, Y, Z. And then, you know, I did get my job because of my resume. But, like, now that I know there's so many more people that are like, is there jobs? I'm like, there's so many. Like, you know, you're like, there's so many and you don't have to have, like, the craziest experience. So that was one of my lows, but it was, like, a high, if that makes sense. Yeah, Like things happen for a reason and it had to happen to set me free to like get to where I needed to get to now. Right. Like it was meant to be. That's amazing. That's a great answer. It's so funny to hear you say that because I, you know, it, you were kind of, it was a low for you, but I knew it was, I knew it was ultimately a high for you. I could see that. It was, I knew it too though. Like when it happened, I was like, oof, like, you know, but it's just like one of those things where you're like, oh, I work so hard for so many people that don't appreciate who you are. And you're just like, it's like a slap in the face. It's a quick breakup, but like, I was good. I love it. Um, little inside information there for anybody who knows what we're talking about. Um, uh, shout out to everyone who I love so much that like, including Tam and all of them and Christina and everybody. Yeah. That's absolutely. Absolutely. Love those people. Yeah. Um, do you want to take this time to talk more about Music BC? You said you wanted to sort of talk about what you did there and what you're doing. And uh, I think that's a great idea. If there's anything else you want to add about Music BC, shout out Music BC. Yeah, shout out Music BC and Lindsay, Jimmy, and Emily. Um, yeah, so I'm their community engagement coordinator. And so I get to like deal with the members, bring them in, um, and make sure there's like good enough benefits for them. So like there's tons of different discounts. Um, discounts like from Ableton to like car rentals to you need some t-shirts and CDs or vinyls. Like I have all those type of discounts. Um, so that's not that, that's not even the hard part or anything. It's just making sure that people feel satisfied because you pay pretty much if you're an individual, you pay like $60 for the year. If you're a band, you pay a hundred. So two of you can kind of take advantage of that. But we have like so many online stuff too. Like, you know, we've ran like a TikTok like masterclass YouTube, Apple music has talked with us, like, um, a website like Banzoogle who gives us a discount. So if you want to create a website or an EPK, they have that available. We always have these like online conversations. We recently had like an educational series as well. Um, I talked in it, it was like power of diversity. So like I was the moderator and there was speakers. Um, there was one like on ableism, there was one on disabilities. There was you know, like you learn so much, like there's so many little things you learn about within just listening. And a lot of people are always like, yeah, there's no resources. I'm like, well, are you like attending anything? Like, you know, I'm like, there's so many things online for free. Like, did you attend anything this year? And they're like, no, I haven't. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. Like there's 20 things happening within the year for free for you, you know? So it's just like some of those little things, but I always can send them to people too. Right. So that's always the nice part is, is Um, there's that there's showcase opportunities. There's so many showcases that happen within the year. Um, and you can sign up for it. And, you know, if you meet the criteria, you could possibly get it. We had some grants like sound on grants, travel grants, and then I'm running a program right now called jumpstart. So there's about like nine consultants, um, like more like branding, um, A&R, like, you know, Raquel's one, Christina's one for like general information. Um, there's somebody who, runs a label and there's just so many different types of people on this list, but you get a free hour consultation with them. If you want one, let me know. 
Um, okay. There's a branding one in there. Um, but yeah, so you get a free hour consultation and we pay for it. But it's just like we just started it right now and we will be adding more consultants, but we just have to start with this nine. And it's been going really good and the feedback's been really nice. I think I can tell people want more, of course. Um, but, you know, we're just like the hub for music within BC, right? Like, you know, if you need resources, like if you even if you follow our newsletter, that's already good enough. Like if you don't want to get the membership yet, at least follow the newsletter so you know what's happening. And then later, if you start to realize, like, yeah, I should support and put, you know, $60 of my money into this because I'm going to get something out of it, like, then, of course, do it, right? Like, there's so much happening there, but it's been so nice. I get to help, like, curate some shows, and we just, like, worked with Van Mural Fest. We had a showcase and had six different artists. That was so nice. And my team is, like, amazing, so I, I can't complain. My boss is, like, a superstar and knows a lot, and I love picking her brain. I love hearing her stories, and that's been fun, and, yeah. So it's been good. You must just be meeting so many people in the community. So many people. So many people. So So nice. I love it. Because I'm always going to meet emerging artists. Right. You know what I mean? Like always, 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 always going to meet new artists all the time. I'm an artist myself. I always meet people. It's just nice now to finally meet like other companies and figure out like who they are. And then that way I can help these artists now be like, go there, like go email that person. Like, you should be reaching out to them. You fit them so well. Like, you know, there's been some opportunities where I've helped artists and they've gotten some good stuff out of it. So great. Great job for you. Thanks. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, your method. So when you write and produce music, where do you start? Like, how do you start writing a song? What do yeah. you approach? Uh, two ways. So sometimes I can just start like singing a song and like, I'll start to like, just voice note it. And then because in case I say like any lyrics and then I want to keep it and then I'll just use that theme and just continue to write. I'm a pretty fast writer when it comes to things like easy, cheesy, easy, cheesy pop R&B. Um, But yeah, so either I can just like do that. And then I also can hear like what the piano notes could be if I wanted it. Mm. But I can always just send it to also like anyone and they can just figure it out. But otherwise that or I like when somebody sends me, they can send me an instrumental. That's fine. That's a whole track. Sure. But you can always just send me like piano chords of a full song. But like you pretty much have to like have the verse in there with a pre with a chorus because like that's how I'm writing. Right. So yeah, so do there's you, two ways. Do you ever use like temp nonsense lyrics and just have a melody that you don't know what it's saying yet? Yeah. Yeah. I've done that, but then I kind of try to come up with lyrics so I can like see like what works, like word wise, right. you know what I mean? Because then sometimes if I come up with melodies, I like, I'm like, oh, what was I trying to think there though? Like there's a melody there for a reason because my brain's doing a lot. Like I'm like thinking of a theme. So I try to like bring in the theme into my voice note a bit so I can like start to write like that. Cause if I just do melodies, I get like very like, what was I even trying to do there? Do you ever record ideas on your phone or do you record them on your computer? I wish I could show you my voice notes. I would just be like, um, yeah, I do. And you know, sometimes I come up with a melody without words, but I'll first I'll record. Right. And say, I'm like, okay, that was a cool verse. I'll end that recording. The next one, I'll hum, like, 
whatever I want for the pre and I don't need lyrics or something. And I could do that with the chorus too. And, but like, I like to like kind of start a verse with like whatever, like blabber chat. Like, I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm just like making it up. I'm like, yeah. Blabber chat should be the name of your next track. I thought that was fire. I was like, did I just say blabber chat? That sounds like a cool like podcast. Uh, good idea. <laughs> um, cool. So what's your favorite part starting a song or finishing it? Um, that's a good question. Um, I like being like halfway. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like I love when yeah. I have a verse pre-course already. I'm like, yes, now this next part's easy. Cause my course just repeats. Right. And if I want my pre can repeat. So all I have to figure out is this verse. But then and there's always the bridge, and then I always have to think about a like a different vibe for the bridge. But I don't, I don't find that hard. I just love having like the first half done. Is writing a song like a puzzle or a challenge? It can be, especially if it's chords I'm not comfortable with. Remember when we were talking about people that know too much music theory, that type of stuff. Like that's where my brain is like, oh. But I always say like you have to challenge yourself, right? Like if I'm just making music. Well, I mean, a lot of people do this, but I like to challenge myself in music in a way too. Like if it's, if it's too easy, it's not challenging at that point. Um, but yeah, I do like, like the comfortable part of chords. Like I love your typical type of chords. Right. You mentioned easy, cheesy music. Are you kind of just a sucker for pop music? Like I am, like, I just like. No, I don't like pop typical really? music. Oh, okay. I like, like R and B. Like, okay. But I feel like there's like typical R and B though. Yeah. I love typical R and B for sure. Hands down. I love that. But like pop, I get kind of like, this is going to be on the radio. Right. R and B never makes it to the radio. So it's like, it's my music. I get to listen to this. It's me in my headphones. Once you put on the radio, you're ruining the song for me. I get it. But then I do want more people to be on the radio. So like, that's the thing because we live in Canada, we never get like a variety of songs. We just get the same 20 songs. So it's like, if you're going to put that one R&B song in there, it's going to be the same one that plays six times a day, every day for the next two years. So that's why I'm like, right. they ruin songs. Okay. okay. That may, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, Is there any technology that has changed your approach to making music? Um. Uh, like from the beginning, I never use like pro tools, if that makes, if that's like what you're talking about, but yeah, now I'm in the studio. Like, yeah, I don't know my reverb names, but I know my pro tools. Like when I'm watching pro tools, I can like, sometimes I want to be the one on the, on the computer. I'm like, of course, but like, they're so good too. So it's like, I'm not going to do it, but I feel bad that I understand it sometimes too. Cause I'm like, can you go back please? Or like, can you do this? And just now you know it, but mm-hmm. I, I love Pro Tools. It was honestly one of the easiest ones to learn. Yeah. Ableton, on the other hand, I just can't even, <laughs> can't even open it. Uh, you just need another lesson and I'll get you on track. I guarantee it. I need like five. I don't need one. I need a few. It's just that you already know Pro Tools. And so you're sort of committed to the arrangement view, but. I don't um, open any of these DAWs, FYI. Like, I'm just going to tell you right now. I don't do mm-hmm. that. I Again, I hire – there's people that do it. But when I'm in the studio watching people, I'm like, I could do it too. Yeah. So, but it's nice that I know it. Like, it's honestly a blessing because – Totally. 
if they go for lunch, I'm like, do you mind if I just like sit there and like comp my vocals? Like, you know, like so cool. Just like anything like that. But that I love that I know it. Like that's my number one thing. I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. so happy I learned how to use Pro Tools. It's kind of like music theory where you want to be sort of, you know it, but it's not like completely out of your mind, but it's not also the first thing in your mind too. You can yeah. kind of go back and forth between it. It's great. It's super powerful. I mean, I, you know, back in the day with tape machines, you know, the artist, the singer wouldn't know how to use a tape machine. No. So now the fact that you can actually see the technology, it's it's great that you can kind of be in, be in that world. Yeah. And if honestly, like if, there's artists out there that like don't know how to do that, but you're so good at singing. It's like one of the things you should challenge yourself is probably learning how to do a little bit of that because like I can talk the talk in a studio hundred percent. Yep. I'm not going to be like on the compression. Can you turn me two to the left? I'm right. not about that. But, and it's not that difficult, right? Like when you learn about it, like one of our, one of our favorite phrases is pointing to the console, to a, a new person and saying, like a mixer and saying, once you know one channel, you know all, you know all the channels, which is literally all the same. And they're always like, whoa. And I'm like, it's a great Don't worry, metaphor I was in your spot. Like I was looking at that, like, oh, cool. I'm about to take control of a spaceship. And it's like, no, you're not. You're just taking control of one, one strip. And you're like, cool. It's totally true. Totally yeah. true. Um, okay. So we talked about the fast track assignment, which is you tell us, one thing, anything that you do well, and you do so many things well, um, but pick one and then just give us a little uh, mini assignment, few steps that we can follow to do that thing and be more like you. Okay. So my category is networking. Love it. Um, and I'll just tell you, cause it's very important as an artist or honestly in any creative industry like whoever is listening to this you don't have to be in music like you know in any creative industry networking is very important um but one like make sure you step outside of your comfort zone you know um shout out to Raquel V for teaching me that but like she said you have to get uncomfortable to get comfortable right so you have to step outside of that comfort zone so it's like that is true like if I'm so comfortable all the time am I growing right so step outside of your comfort zone like if you're a hip-hop artist go support you know, a different artist and, you know, just go support each other. And in that way, like if you're afraid of going to the show because you don't know anyone, like just do it. Like you will start to, once you start going to more things, you start to know everybody. Um, And so number two was pretty much for me, like go to events that you haven't been to before, like support other people, meet other people that way. Three, if you're interested in collaborating with people, reach out to artists on social media, good old Nardwar. Shouts out to Nardwar. Shout out to Nardwar. He always says, like, you know, when I would sometimes want to have an interview with these artists, I would DM them on Instagram. And that's how I'd get my interview. And he's like, a lot of people thought it was weird, but he's like, that's how I get some of my best interviews. And it's like, yeah, like, reach out to some of these local acts if you want to work with them. And you don't have to do it in person. I've had some of my best songwriting sessions this year through Zoom. So I'm like, you just have to be able to, like, want to do the work. And if you're good at what you do, you're going to be able to do the work, you know, like. So if you feel like working out with working with some of these artists, reach out to them on social and then figure out your like local, like music communities. Like there's so many different ones and a lot of them have newsletters, right? Like we were talking about music BC before, like you should have that newsletter in your email every week because we were telling you about grants and funding that you can apply for. We're telling you about shows and stuff like that. We're telling you about artists. We're telling you about so many different programs but it's not just us. There's so many like local communities here and like 
not just Vancouver, because again, like I do hope this reaches everywhere, but it's like, figure out what it is in your city and follow them on social media, follow their newsletter, reach out to them and have a meeting with them if you need to and figure out how they can like help you, like figure out what resources they have for you. Cause there's so many resources in every country and a lot of cities and stuff like that. And people are just like not aware at all. So that is some networking stuff because like, I always tell people like, you know, I talk to them once in an email. The next thing you know, I meet them in a show. Next thing you know, I know they're an artist. And the next thing you know, I'm booking them to get a paid gig. Like, you know, it's just, there's just ways that things happen. So cool. So if, if they're not, if somebody's listening and they're not from Vancouver or not from British Columbia, what would they look for? This would be like a singer, songwriter, musicians, uh, yeah. Um, support network in their city. Yeah. Association. Yeah. I would say so for like anybody within Canada, there is a provincial music team in each in each province. So there's an Alberta music, SAS music, Manitoba music, Ontario music, all the way till the end. Um, if you're outside of Canada, put it on your Instagram, like throw it up on your story and be like, anyone know of any like music companies I can like reach out to or, or just start to like follow and stuff like that. Like start putting stuff on your social media. People have answers. Do your own research and Google it to like local music events or like, I always write that cause I'm always looking for like newsletter articles. And I'm always writing like mm. Vancouver music events or Vancouver music. And then I'm just seeing what pops up because there's also blogs that write stuff. So you'll find blogs online, you'll find event pages online. So you just got to start like Googling, which is our best friend, your city's music scene. That's so great. I love that. Um, I've just got a question that I don't have written down, but it just sort of occurred to me. If somebody wanted to be an artist manager, if that was something that interested them, what do you think, what what would they do? Like, how would they get started? I know you're not a manager, but what would you be like? I would say find the artist that you would dream to work with in the city. Like, so say it's like, you know, somebody in Victoria, BC, like they were like, I really want to be a manager. Well, is there an act in Victoria that you think you can hop on? And do you have the time to do it for free as like an intern almost at that point and start to figure out what you can offer them? Because there's a lot of people that are like, I'm so good at social media. I'm I'm good at marketing. And it's like, but I want to be in the music scene. I'm like, have you ever tried to collaborate with an artist and see what you can do for them? Like free pro bono, like, you know, like what can you do for that person? Do it and then show them that you can do it. And the next thing you know, they can vouch for you when you want to do it for the next person. Yep. You know, like you or Christina can always vouch for me if I need it. Right. Like you just have to prove yourself to people at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. And it's start like off. For free. It's like do free, free photo shoots for five artists. Next thing you know, they're telling their friend they're doing yeah. it for really cheap for a hundred bucks. And that band's like hundred bucks. Holy shit. We'll pay for that. Right. Easy work. Love it. Just me. Easy work. I'm totally kidding. It's not easy until you're ready for it. <laughs> what are you currently obsessed with? Within anything? Anything. Like not food? <laughs> <laughs> no, it can um, be food. What what food are you currently obsessed with? Anything, like literally. Um, I don't even know what I'm obsessed with. What? Come on, I'm obsession. really obsessed right now. Wait, I'm actually going to talk about food. Okay, go for it. 
Okay, I'm really obsessed with my coconut yogurt with berries and oatmeal. Oh, I love and like, coconut yogurt. It's so good. Coconut Greek yogurt. Oh, the coconut Greek yogurt. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like the container, I can see it just over there. It's like an empty. That's, I think we've talked about this before. That's we, basically yeah. ice cream, right? Like to me, yeah. that tastes like ice cream. Okay, so now I've been like chopping up fruit and like putting it in there with like this like nut mix a bit. But why is the yellow raisin so good in it? I don't know. It's weird, but I'm going to tell you, it is so good. Like I'll take it to work and I like try to savor it. And the second I make it, I look at it like it's art. I've inspired yeah. a friend to literally get into this too. It's yeah. So if I'm obsessed with something, it's like, I dream of that. Like when I wake up, I'm like, please wait till 11 before you eat it. I'm literally, when this is over, I'm going to the store and getting coconut Greek yogurt because that's all I can think about now. It's so gonna, good. I was going to pretend and say like, you know, I'm going to have a bowl after this, but I need to save it for tomorrow because I like having it at work. It's like, it's like having dessert in the morning. Yeah. It's I feel a, like it's I'm cheating the system, but I'm not. It's mine. Uh, shout out coconut Greek yogurt. It's the best. Seriously, shout out to coconut Greek yogurt. It's the best. Please sponsor me after this. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if we can make that happen. Um, what do you still want to learn? Just me? A lot. Ableton, piano, guitar. Like, even more, like, within myself, like, outside of just, like, the instruments and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I talk a lot, so sometimes, like, you know, just learn when to speak. Doesn't mm -hmm. have, I know it doesn't matter, but it's like, it doesn't also have to like always be about me. Like, you know, some of these conversations, sometimes I catch, you know, myself or other people, like I can see, like, I try to sometimes twist it. So it comes back to me. So I look good, but it's like, I don't need to do that sometimes, you know, like not necessary, but I don't do it a lot, but I catch myself. I'm like, Ooh, you talked a bit too much about yourself there. So just like those little things, like, you know, I'm a listener, but I want to be a better listener sometimes too, right? So that's what's so important. I don't – does not need to – I don't even like it being about me sometimes. So I'm like, why mm -hmm. Why do you try to turn it back to you? Like, you know? It's probably because you love to make people feel comfortable too and part of that is being engaging and talking. I know, but it's, you know, something like Tam, like, you know, she's she's taught me like – say somebody's like, Oh, I went to this festival and you're like, Oh, I've been to that festival before. Yeah. It was so fun. I did this. I did that. It's like, I don't need to do that. Let me hear why you like that festival. Why do you want to go to the festival? Dope. Mm -hmm. Any artists you want to see? Cool. Oh my God. Yes. Tell me more. Like, and then later I could be like, yeah, I've actually been to it. Yeah. But like it does. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so funny you say that because I, I went through the same thing as you, the, I wanted to do more of that, more listing and less, talking although i like talking um yeah, we're and, both like, mm. <laughs> totally and i i totally practiced that and maybe started learning that in with tam and then continue doing that and i'll be honest with you that's one of the reasons why i started this is because i can be mostly the listener in this right, right? and it's smart but it's so difficult like even when i do this like every word you say i'm like I'm, I'm, I, 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 there was one time and then <laughs> Like I've got a story for everything. No, I talked for five minutes and you'll say something for one second. I'm like, yeah, I let him know. talk. Like but so the thing is five years ago when she told me this, it's like, I was very like aware of that. Like, so I was like getting better at it. It just feels like lately I'm almost like 
dropping back a little bit of that and i'm like stop doing that it's so annoying to like just be a damn listener like i already talk as i said so much so right yeah that's great such a good one it's great um i'm with you i'm learning that too what's Um, more like mental health is very important and especially like well not even especially in this industry just especially in life it's very important mm -hmm. so just like making sure i'm taking care of that and like I don't need to be afraid if I like I can go see a therapist if I need to, you know, like we have all these resources in front of us too. And I just like need to make sure like stuff I preach to people, I have to preach it to myself. Right. That's great. Yeah. Uh what in your opinion makes a great song? The song? <laughs> Like, I was like, I don't even, some, I've been asked this before. I'm like, I don't know. The song just has to be good. Like it just has to, a catchy, something that's catchy. But the thing is, we all don't like the same music. Like, you know what I mean? So whatever is good to me might not be good to you. But for me, it's like, I have to like the production of the song, whether that's the whole band playing the beat, whatever the production is in the track, um, a good, a good vocalist. Like I also like enjoying the, I like hearing what they're saying. So there's certain hip hop I don't like as much. I enjoy the beat. I get that it's fun, but I like an artist that I can understand the lyrics to. And I like it if it's a story. So like, I'm a big fan for J Cole and like Kendrick Lamar because I can hear what they're saying the whole time. Right. But it, it just, for me, it takes like, it depends if it's a sad song. I hope it relates to me. Like, is it relatable? Like, are your lyrics good? Um, and then there's your, like some cheesy songs. Like it's like, you know, I like, I like the good chorus. I like the good hook. I like if the hook is like, it feels like it's the hook. You know what I mean? But I feel like that's hard because a good song for me is different than everyone else. It's great. Great answers. I love it. Um, all right. Just wrapping uh, up here before we get into um, where the listeners can find out more about you. Do you have any sort of uh, advice for up and coming artists or music producers? Yeah, like I think I said it before, but like network wherever you are. Um, If you're like stuck at home and you're not meeting people, like I'm not sure if you use social media as something, but like find them on your social media, find people in your city, um, reach out to those companies and reach out to randoms and reach out to other producers and collaborate with other people. Like you have to collaborate with the other people for a bit. If Even if you don't like it, it's like, well, then you're not going to meet people like, you know, and that's something you're going to have to step outside of that comfort zone. Um, and if you live, you know, where I live, you can reach out to me, but try to find yourself a mentor if you can, and maybe try to go to conferences that happen. You know, there's always a lot of things happening. Fly to another city if you need to and collaborate with somebody and save money and find some of your favorite, you know, low key producers or singers and try to work with them. Um, but yeah, and just like educate yourself and try to get better. Why do, you, why do you think it's so important to collaborate with other people? Why can't they just sit and work by themselves with their laptop? Mm, I don't like, are you a one man show? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you, are you a producer and you're going to like sing on your track and do all that? Then that's cool. But if you're going to need an artist, you're going to have to work with somebody else. Right. Um, and if you're doing it for fun, that's different. But if you're doing this for a career, then you better get your shit rolling now that I was a lot of cuss, but yeah, 
you better you better work with people and other artists and you better you gotta network you gotta collaborate you gotta meet people it's just it's how this industry works it feels like and it's just how you get successful what should they learn to master whatever it is that you want to master whatever your craft is i can't i can't tell somebody what to master because then now i should be telling myself i should master producing but i'm still like no i want to master songwriting you know I already mastered, let's say, singing, and there's still in my head so much more space for me to grow there. Like, you know what right, I mean? Right. I should go take vocal lessons. But people are like, you can sing. I'm like, the best singers take vocal lessons every day. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I should take vocal lessons. But, you know, if you're already really good at something you do, if you already feel like you're at 80% at something and you will just grow by the year, what's your next thing, right? Like, what's my next thing is I should be songwriting with more people. And I don't need to be the vocalist on it. I just want to be the lyric person on it, right? So sure. figure out what's the next thing that you feel like you could do. Say you're at like 50% with something, then ma- let's start mastering that one. Great. Love it. Um, I've been obsessed with audiobooks lately. Like I have a problem with Audible. I've just been – like I think I saw – I have 99 audiobooks in my Audible library. Like that's a legit problem. Do you listen to audiobooks? Do you read books? Do you have any recommendations for us? Anything inspiring? No. Do you hear me? Nope. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I do not. I um No, I don't. I I'm not reading right now. And I don't do the podcast thing either right now either. It's really hard for me. No, mm. it's pretty long podcasts for me and I like have a sh- I just If they were like shorter, I'm down for that, but Right. I am sorry. I can't even think of what to suggest except for like YouTube. I want to tell people, go watch tiny desks, get inspired by tiny desks. That's great. Okay. What is tiny desks? Oh my God. Well, I think I've seen that. I think I've seen that. Oh my God. It's like performances, right? Yeah. Like in like, it's like a library. It looks like it's in DC. Yeah. I've seen that. No. Oh my God. I'm tripping out. But anyways, there's so many good artists on it. Cool. Like so many, like, Right now, my favorite one is Jasmine Sullivan, just because R and B singer. Like, but there's so Anderson Pax is like pretty high up there. Yeah, that's there's great. so many good ones though. Like, honestly, it hurts my soul. There's, ugh, it's my favorite thing. I watch it every day. <laughs> I you can love ask it for my job. Yeah, that's great. That's so cool. Uh, all right, so where where can my listeners? Where can our listeners? Because we're cope co-creating this podcast together you and i where can our listeners find out more about you should they go to instagram should they go? yeah i'm gonna give a couple instagrams i'm gonna say follow my band at stella soul music stella s-t-e-l-l-a soul music <laughs> and then me is at underscore kentia underscore so k-e-n-t-y-a underscore on instagram and yeah, I feel like those are the two things. And I'm going to plug in my work at music underscore BC if you're in British Columbia. But if you're not, don't worry. Just message me on Instagram if you want to. But yeah, that's uh, that's the platforms I'm going to go for. That's awesome. And Thank Spotify, my, my music too. Stella Soul Music. Stella Soul Music. Okay. Stella Soul Music or Stella no, Soul? No, Stella Soul. Sorry. Okay, cool. My newest song is Stella Soul You, but there will be more. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I've told you this a million times, but I'll, I'll tell you again. You are my favorite person who ever walked the earth. You're the best. Um, thank you so much for doing this. It was great. 
lot of awesome information. Are you gonna Are you gonna listen to this podcast or are you gonna watch this? You will I'll listen okay. and cringe. I'll probably listen to more of, of your other ones. More so, I really like your guests, but uh, I might cringe if I hear myself. I might be like, "Oh, I have to listen on low volume when I hear my voice." I get it. I'm gonna be the same way, and I'm gonna be in all the episodes. It's terrible. Why did I do this? Um. Well, shout out to you listening in the future. Yeah, shout out to me listening in the future for real. <laughs> and you are also the best. I hope you do know that. Oh, thanks, And I'm pal. so proud of you for doing all this. So good job. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners? No, just shouts out to Fudge. And um, I hope you follow whatever you need to follow and whatever your gut is doing and telling you to do. Go for it. All the healthy choices, go for it. Um, and yeah, that's really it. Just go do you. I love it. Everybody, that's Kentia. Peace out.